Hello, everyone, and welcome to Aftermath, the podcast for Mathies. I'm your host, Ifaz, and with me, we have my co-host, Sarah. Hi, everyone. In this episode, we're going to look at if and why East and South Asians are good at math. It's a stereotype that we've all heard over and over again, and it makes me groan and roll my eyes. Why does this stereotype exist? Sarah, do you think Asians specifically are good at math? (laughs) Uh, I don't know about you, but I know a lot of Asians who are really bad at math or just hate it altogether. Uh, Quite honestly, it makes me really sad. Like, I I shouldn't have people continuously say to me, you know, slightly embarrassed, yeah, I know, I'm an Asian that's bad at math. Uh, It's crazy. In the end, I think it really comes down to hard work, training, the education system, and maybe a sprinkling of some cultural practices as well. But it's definitely a question worth exploring as you and I face this stereotype and this label on a regular basis, constantly, because we're Asian. From your personal experience, do you at least agree that Asians are overrepresented in STEM or STEM communities or STEM-focused schools? Yeah, it it definitely seems so. And I think the media has picked up on this in various ways throughout the years. Do you remember the year that McLean's did that article on if certain Canadian universities were, uh, quote, too Asian? Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> <laughs> and the anti-Asian uh, admissions penalties that we keep hearing about? Well, let's take a look at why this is. So math is sometimes thought of as the practice of defining, then claiming, and then deductively proving. So let's start off with some definitions. Sarah, what does the word Asian mean to you? And what does it mean in Canada? So obviously, Asia is a continent, and it actually consists of 49 different countries. Thank you, Wikipedia. Uh, When I was growing up, though, I'm not going to lie, I always thought that Asian really just meant East Asian, like China, Korea, Japan, Vietnam, the Philippines, etc. But like, obviously, I learned about the Asian continent in school. But when I think about people from like Russia or Armenia or even India, it actually never really clicked to me that they are considered Asian as well. I'm also really bad at geography. Can you tell? So people from the UK often find this surprising that Asian doesn't include South Asians in Canada. The word Asian usually refers to just East Asians. But in this episode, we're mostly going to be using Asian, uh, the word Asian interchangeably. So you'll cover both. But I want to kind of touch on the word Indian getting tricky here as well. So we don't usually use the word Indian. Uh, we specifically specify South Asian because... Um, historic Canadian reasons Indian used to refer to something else. We've heard the stereotype Asians are good at math. What does that mean? (laughs) For as long as I can remember, I've heard that Asians are good at math. Most of my life, it usually just meant people from China. But as I got older, this definitely started to apply more and more to the South Asians as well. It's actually so prevalent that I would actually hear students say, I'm not Asian, so how can I even think to compete effectively? Bullshit. My mom used to always tell me that her mother would say talent is actually less than 10% of the whole. The rest of it, the 90% of the way, is going to be hard work, practice, and study. Now that, that I can get behind. Funny you say that. I don't think I've worked hard a single day of my life. (laughs) (laughs) But I did get to do lots of study and practice. What is it like growing up Asian when it comes to study and practice? 
every single Asian kid I know seems to be getting some sort of extra study and practice on the side. We've got coaches, you've got tutors, you go to Saturday schools, uh, and you're expected to spend a significant amount of time studying and practicing to get ahead outside of your day-to-day school. So what you're saying is Asians are not good at math per se, but they're good at anything that benefits from study and practice. This is kind of common between both South Asians and East Asians. I have so many memories growing up when I had to do extra study, practice beyond just homework, sometimes even just being forced into it by my parents. Did you face the same stereotypes in Bangladesh? Well, it's hard to be stereotyped when everyone around you is Asian. (laughs) (laughs) Growing up, uh, culturally, everyone kind of did a very similar amount of math practice at home. So we all had very similar math skills. There were people around who weren't as good, but that was not the norm. The biggest difference that I experienced between, you know, me, other Asians I knew, uh, and even non-Asians that I was surrounded by is that I was always expected to study and study past my grade level. It didn't actually matter if I was getting ahead in a subject unless I literally ran out of things to study, in which case my parents would make a trip to the bookstore and just find me new things to study. (laughs) I felt that a lot of my friends actually pitied me. There was this sentiment that I I didn't really have a childhood to some extent. Um, I beg to differ. I actually had so much fun as a kid. The sleepovers and the birthday parties. I never even had a curfew, which my friends did not understand. Uh, I had so much freedom as long as I was studying, doing my best, and staying out of trouble. I also didn't just do math. I went on a physics stint for a while. I went to biology camp one summer. uh, And I played multiple instruments as well. Wait, why isn't the stereotype actually all Asians are good at STEM, now that I think about it? I think the stereotype focuses on math because for at least school-level science, even if you lack the math skills, you can kind of get ahead uh, if you have the critical thinking skills to understand the theories and how they fit together. I think uh, there's less of a race or cultural correlation for science and engineering. I think people pick up on that. But you also touched on another stereotype. Asian kids all play instruments. (laughs) So there's a joke that I was told that, you know, you start on the violin and if you're tone deaf, you move to the piano. Um, If you're edgy and rebellious or you've got like cool parents, then you get to play cello. Uh, (laughs) That being said, you know, musical instruments just seem to be part of the playbook. The pressure is that parents want their kids to do really well and succeed better than they ever did, which translates into similar activities for broad swaths of people and culture all to give their kids an edge into getting into university. For South Asians, I feel like there's more of a push to do South Asian instruments. So I was never pushed to do any piano or anything like that. But going back to extra study and practice, I do want to acknowledge that having uh, access to extra study and practice just kind of reeks of middle class and upper class privilege, especially when it comes to after school tutoring. But the extra study was stressful at times. Oh, yeah. It can definitely translate to a lot of pressure on kids, eh? No, I think ultimately it was always explained to me that whatever happens to me, education is a path to success. And one of the best ways to live oneself out of poverty or to better your circumstances is through education. Um, It's actually the way my parents literally left China. My dad was one of the few lucky recipients of a scholarship that allowed him to leave China to pursue an MBA in Edmonton, actually. 
Um, and then on that vein, my parents always felt that I always needed to be a doctor or a lawyer in order to secure a successful future. Did you also have approved careers? Yes and no. There are definitely some culturally approved careers, uh, but I didn't feel it myself because my parents were a li- little more lenient, uh, particularly because I'm the middle child, so I get to be a complete failure. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, culturally, I would say that uh, among Bangladeshis or even, uh, I would say, even in the larger subcontinent among uh, Indian and Pakistani people as well, there is a bit of a pressure to uh, go towards being a doctor or being an engineer. Uh, Some people have family businesses, and at that point, you're kind of expected to take care of the family business instead. But if there's no family business around... um, parents do try to push uh, kids towards a doctor or engineer. People would always joke with me that they got a third option, like being an engineer or an accountant. (laughs) It's really interesting. I'm sure that there was one point in time that I actually thought I could be a doctor or a lawyer, and maybe I even wanted to be a doctor for, for part of my childhood. But then I ended up actually spending years managing expectations with my parents that I wasn't interested in either of these career paths. Did you ever ask your parents why they put that kind of pressure on you or why uh, it's so widespread among the community? Oh, yeah. You, you think I'm the type to never ask a question? Uh, my mom always explained it to me as, you know, they always wanted the best life for me possible. And they really wanted me to have a stable career that pays really well. They really didn't know any better, except for the world always needs doctors and it always needs lawyers. Uh, I'm not going to lie. The paths that I ended up taking induced a lot of worry in them. I'm kind of with your mom on this one, uh, but... In a very different way. I, I, I tell people to pursue math careers for very similar but a little different reasons. So I think the world will always need creative, critical thinkers with strong technical abilities. So I think math makes a lot of sense. <laughs> My mom would agree with you up until the, the math makes a lot of sense. <laughs> At least. <laughs> but you know what? Like I, I actually once had a conversation with a student that still frustrates me to this day. Um, it was a student that was actually, she was exploring different university degrees and she would really specifically wanted to know what career paths would make more money exactly five years after graduation. She wanted me to compare actual science and accounting specifically, and then asked if there were other math or computer science-based careers that might meet this criteria. It was infuriating. You know, obviously, some designations have published pay levels based on tenure, seniority, certifications that you can take, uh, and those are publicly available, and they're very, very easy to find. But do you know what? The, The world is not so black and white, and the reality is at 18 years old, You have no idea what kind of twists and turns the world is going to throw at you. And let alone if you actually develop interests and that take you down these kind of career paths or something else completely different. Actually, almost my entire career has been placed in jobs that didn't exist when I was in university, let alone high school. I think it's just really unfortunate that these kind of thoughts uh, are so prevalent. Uh, but I also think that these are, these are the kind of thoughts that lead to those really harmful pressures towards certain career paths that a lot of immigrants seem to face. Speaking of immigrants, I think the points-based immigration system we have in Canada also adds some selective pressure towards Asian immigrants being from upper and middle class families. 
So I'm considered like first generation. So in other words, like my parents were the immigrants to Canada, but I was actually born and raised here. Um, so what do you mean by the points-based system? So uh, Canada's main way of importing high-skilled workers from other areas is through their points-based system. So you're given points based on your education and work experience. And the points kind of vary from year to year based on what Canada is looking for in terms of high-skilled workers. And there's also some points based on some adaptability factors. Uh, so if you speak one of the official languages of Canada, you'll get more points that way. And whether or not you're allowed to immigrate to Canada uh, depends on how many points you have in the system. Interesting. Okay, so it actually, it sounds a lot like university admissions, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, weirdly enough. Speaking of... Uh, you mentioned the weird McLean's article about some universities being too Asian earlier. Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. We were still in university when this first came out. It was this article that came out in McLean's about the influx of Asian students in universities and how they were becoming an increasingly huge part of the university population, likely due to the, to the cultural importance that Asians place on getting into top universities. The original title for the article was actually Too Asian? Question mark, and generated so much controversy that they actually had to change it. Certain schools had a party reputation, but then schools like U of T and Waterloo were just a study, study, study kind of culture where you had to compete with so many Asians to get good grades all the time and not have as much, much fun. That was the premise of the article. And then it actually goes on to explore if the high, the high Asian student acceptance rates impact diversity in a negative way and if Canadian universities might be mulling over penalizing Asians in the admissions game. Listeners can find the link to the article in our show notes. The article created a lot of controversy. So we both went to Waterloo. Would you say our school was too Asian? What does that even mean? I mean, like, I like to think about myself here, right? Like, I look Chinese, but I don't speak Mandarin. I was born in Edmonton, and I basically spent my formative childhood years in a really small town called Okotoks in Alberta. So you're one of the most Canadian people I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I think growing up, like, uh, like people would call me a banana or an onion or like a CBC, you know, short for Canadian born Chinese, but they would say it was such a like derogatory term, like I should be offended about this. And I'm like, yeah, I'm proud of it. You know, like I, I, identify as Chinese and obviously I understand that is my heritage but I am Canadian and there is no other word for it and so are like our students really choosing not to go to places like Waterloo because of somebody like me like that just this just seems so problematic on so many different levels the only reputation that I was aware of when I wanted the bat was that I wanted the best math education and when you want to get the best math education in Canada, you go to Waterloo. So I went to Waterloo. <laughs> what about you? Similar on my end, pretty much the same thing. It's like I went to Waterloo because I wanted to be the best version of myself. I didn't even know that there was going to be a large Asian population at Waterloo. Um, like I was just moving from Bangladesh. I had no expectations about Waterloo whatsoever. Other than I knew it had a reputation for being a good math school. Um, I would also say that 
In my pure math and computer science classes, we had a very good ethnic mix from all across Canada. I would not say it was too Asian in any sh- sh- way, shape, or form. Oh, but but were you boring, Ifaz? Because that that was there was a lot of controversy firstly there that if you go to Waterloo, you spend all your time studying. <laughs> I'm not gonna say that university was just fun and games, but. <laughs> well. I mean, we did play a ton of games, no? Like, I, I distinctly remember that we did win our dodgeball league, and we were definitely in the semifinal, or the, sorry, in the finals for multiple seasons. I can remember, you know, countless, uh, you know, our yearly Wonderland trip, all the parties that we would have. Yeah. We had a blast, you know? And, and, and sometimes we literally played games, like... Pokemon or Smash Bros. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of Smash Bros. You know, in, in among our friends, I, I was never good at it. <laughs> so this might be another cultural thing, uh, but I often notice that uh, South and East Asians are more willing to pick a higher ranked school over just going to a school that's nearby. I felt this particularly once I moved to Edmonton, and、um, there there's there are a lot more locals at、uh, the University of Alberta than.、Uh, We had at University of Waterloo. Very true. You know what's um, and you know, going back to something else that you said, Waterloo was interesting to me because I actually thought it was so diverse. Maybe it's just you know coming from small town Okotoks, I met so many interesting people and so many interesting cultures that I never could have back home. Yeah, I when when I was at Waterloo, I explicitly、uh, chose to hang out with a diverse group of、uh, friends rather than joining cl- joining some sort of clique of Bangladeshis.、Uh, this was partly my cousin's fault.、Uh, so he went to、um, uh, University of Toronto, and he was、um, uh, the president of the Bangladeshi Student Association there. And he told me to avoid the Bangladeshi Student Association to avoid the drama. <laughs> I have no idea what. The University of Waterloo、uh, Bangladeshi Student Association is like, but I just took his advice and avoided the association. But also, I grew up as an expat in Kuwait, so I was used to being around a multicultural group.、Uh, I had friends、uh, from both Asian,、uh, South Asian, East Asian, as well as European descent. So I felt very at home in the math crowd we had had at Waterloo. That's the crux of it, isn't it? Our university experiences seem to be shaped by what we wanted to get out of it, and then we chose to seek and create those opportunities for ourselves, just like university should be. Another stereotype busted. <laughs> so when it comes to are all Asians good at math,、uh, we've actually covered that. For one, there's cultural difference when it comes to studying, practice, and extra tutoring. There are pressures around pursuing specific careers. That's That tend to be more STEM focused, so that's why many Asians end up in STEM careers. And we've also touched on the topic of some universities being too Asian, or actually them not being too Asian. <laughs> As we know, stereotypes are simply that stereotypes. But it sure is interesting to just kind of dig deep and explore the topic with you for our listeners. I see this whole business of extra practice and tutoring. Etc. That we have in Asian culture being a very positive,、uh, and it's not just restricted to Asian people.、Uh, it's available to everyone. A- anyone listening can incorporate extra study and extra practice in amounts of their choosing into their life. So I see it as a positive. I love that. That just means that it's not just Asians that can be good at math. It can really be anyone has the ability to be good at math. 
It just takes some extra practice. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed this episode of Aftermath, the podcast for Mathies. I hope you will continue to join us as we explore the life experiences of Mathies, the stereotypes around mathematics, and the impact of math on our culture, careers, and society as a whole, or the other way around. Thanks for listening. We had a lot of fun with this one, with more to come. You can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you like to get your podcasts. Don't forget to download it for your listening at any time. Follow us at after underscore math underscore cast at Instagram and Twitter, and you can find our website at after-math.ca. I'm Sarah Sun. And I'm Ifaz. See you next time on Aftermath. Several people made this episode of Aftermath happen, with special thanks going to our producers at Podcast.pop and our friend Philip Stinton, who's a principal at hardtowant.com. If you like this episode, please leave us a rating in your podcast app and share it with your friends and family. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you the next time we step into the Aftermath. <laughs>